You're listening to the Batuta Advocates Weekly News Wrap on Desert Rock FM 96.5. Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate Weekly News Bulletin where we wrap up some of the biggest news stories of the week here in the Diamantina Desert Rock FM studios. My name is Clancy Overall, editor of the Batuta Advocate. I'm joined as always for these weekly wraps with Errol Parker. G'day, Errol. G'day, Clancy. How you going today? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. I'm, I'm doing all right. The weather's all right. Surviving Corona, yeah, you know it's 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 good to be a survivor of this of this so-called pandemic. Mm. I mean, um, I feel much more powerful for, mm. for having lived through it. Mm. I think I got the Delta though. I think yep. that, so that would make my uh, antibodies vastly superior to yours. Yeah, I'd say. well, I think I'm just an Omicron drop. But what about you, Wendell? You still avoided this fucking thing? Still going strong. Another week. Um, I thought I may have jinxed myself last week on the bulletin, but. I'm still standing, unless potentially I've been asymptomatic. I mean, we can't get rats and PCRs an eight-hour wait around here, so maybe I've just been asymptomatic the whole time and I've had it. But either way, I'm still pretty happy. Good, so, mate. Good, mate. What's in the news this week? Well, one of the biggest stories that broke this week was about a woman facing backlash for not pretending that everything is okay. Yes, a treasonous Tasmanian woman was met with a wave of criticism from some of Australia's brightest Liberal Party bootlickers after refusing to hide her honest emotions to appease the ego of a man who thinks he is in a position of power over her. As you would have probably seen, former Australian of the Year Grace Tame rolled into her last ever morning tea as that awards recipient on Wednesday and refused to play along with the niceties of politics. Which did not impress a range of fragile male journalists and Liberal Party figures who seem to believe that women should not only be seen and unheard, but be seen to smile. They hit out at Tame for not doing that and not pretending that she enjoyed the company of a man who told Parliament that Australia's women's safety protesters were lucky not to be met with bullets while protesting in Canberra last year. Yeah, that sentiment was probably best summed up by uh, Murdoch shill Peter Van Onselen who said she was ungracious, rude and childish, refusing to smile for the cameras, barely acknowledging his existence when standing next to him. He was very angry and there was yeah. lots of stuff like that. Obviously, well, our politicians would never be childish, ungracious and rude, so a fair point there. Well, Peter is is the head of a household and that's a five-bedroom house in, in, in Vaucluse on Sydney Harbour, so I guess he's used to having his uh, ducks in a row, Peter. Jeez, they pay better for fucking journalism out in the east, don't they? Something's not right there, Clancy, but moving along. Now, one of the other biggest stories this week, uh, we go overseas for it. And inspired by Australia Day, the Irish have hosted their first ever celebration of the British arrival. Yeah, it certainly got the rest of the world asking, quote, What's in your head? Because despite their long history of all-out war to low-level war against the Brits... The Irish are now getting together to have a national day commemorating the British arrival on their shores. Celebrating, even. And it's apparently come off the back of our very own Australia Day celebrations that take place on the anniversary of the British invasion of the Aboriginal Eora Nation in modern-day Botany Bay. After seeing how we operate, the Irish have said they think it's time to act like a grown-up country and treat English imperialism the way Aussies do, as a good opportunity to get pissed and play music. Well, Clancy, you can certainly tell that you got your arts degree out of a cornflakes box because 
The 26th of January commemorates the arrival of the First Fleet at Sydney Cove. I don't know where they fucking invaded first, mate. Though it does sound like it was an awful day to be a pint of Guinness over there in Ireland. Some music news now, and a stoner uncle who refers to Triple J as the Jays has revealed that he is not too impressed by the Wiggles. Yes, music fans love to argue, don't they, Wendell? And as usual, there's a bit of controversy around the winner of the Hottest 100. One local legend of yesteryear, Mickey Big Yarns Yarnwood, let his nieces and nephews know that he was not a big fan of the Wiggles winning and has taken the song's number one spot in the countdown like a harpoon to his ageing whale heart. Poetic. Jebediah even. Like a harpoon in my heart. Although once a lover of contemporary music, Yarnwood is a strong believer that music peaked in the 1990s, probably around the time Jebediah released that album, and that this week's winning song is just another supporting piece of evidence to the fact. A bit of song this week on our bulletin, and Yarnwood did say it was a sad indictment on the state of modern music if a children's band doing a cover of some song was the best tune to come out of 2021, before launching into a rant about how much better festivals were in his day. Sounds like the Pingers were better in your day, Yarnwood. I think they probably were. Now, Glenn Minnett did actually echo Yarnwood's sentiment coming out and saying, remember when the Jays played good bands like the Cockroaches? Very clever. Finance now, and a seasoned crypto investor has comforted his friend going through his first share market correction. You wrote this one, Errol. I did, mate. And as the world markets and cryptocurrency exchanges continue in both freefall and burning out of control, seasoned digital asset investor and Batuta Heights local Sam Rayford has explained to his pal Mike that, you know, this is just the first of many highs and lows he will experience as an investor. Chuckling to our reporter, he told him that this little correction is nothing compared to what happened when the so-called pandemic first came about, and that you only ever lose when you sell. Sounds like these boys should be listening to the Equity Mates podcast. Or Joe Rogan, even. Same thing. Finishing up in another part of town now, and a group of teachers have pulled together their rats to sell, so they don't have to use their own money to buy classroom supplies anymore. Yes, very clever this. Members of the South Batuta Public Schools faculty have pulled the wool over the eyes of the principal today and put their combined RATs on the local buy, swap and sell page in an effort to raise enough money to buy basic classroom supplies that are very much needed this year. Yeah, if you aren't connected to a teacher, traditionally classroom supplies are paid for in full by the teacher. Some do manage to get a small amount of support from whatever school they found themselves in, but mostly it comes out of their mortgage repayments or rent money. So that's why these fed-up teachers have started flogging their test for 40 bucks a pop on Facebook. And it is good news for the kids down there at South Batuta. As one of the teachers explained, tell you what, my kids will be painting with the finest Edicol dyes, Crayola crayons, Clag glue, they might even get name brand Play-Doh. We will be making face masks from crepe paper. Tell you what, it's much more constructive than reversing over the principal in a dark night in the Coles car park. Certainly, and... Leave um, that to the union. Maybe not as fun, but who knows. Anyway, that's all we've got for you in this news wrap. Thanks for your company. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Hooroo. Mahalo. Mahalo.